Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Shared History. What is love? History, don't hurt me. It's going to. <laughs> it always you can't does. count on it. Um, uh, happy, happy spoop week. Happy thotum. Yeah, gross. <laughs> is that going to be a thing? It's thotum, which is no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ha- happy, happy spoop week. Uh, we're recording this in September. So to get in the season, uh, we're eating pumpkin donuts. And Natalie's got some, I got pumpkin coffee. Well, she's got a pumpkin squirt of pumpkin juice in her mm-hmm. coffee. I got my Halloween earrings on. I'm wearing a, a Halloween pin. And I have my first injury of the season. <laughs> so fall has truly arrived. I have fallen. Because has fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Hello, a, it's me, Cass. Oh I'm the gosh. injured one. Yes, and it's me, Natalie, the one with too many Halloween accoutrements. Um, Natalie had to start taking off bits and bits of Halloween items because her earrings couldn't fit under mm-hmm. the headphones. And she's got a brooch, you guys. Brooch. We might it's have to take a little pin. picture. It's very cute. It's one of those uh, uh, little uh, ghost uh, like glow molds that like, it's it's <laughs> Wait, vintage. that glows? No, this doesn't glow, but oh. like it's based off of that like plastic, like blown plastic. Um, uh, it's a ghost holding a pumpkin. Viewers or listeners will be able to. Guys, it's just a pin of a ghost holding a pumpkin. <laughs> but no, it's like that vintage Halloween decoration that okay. I have this Halloween decoration. It's fine. We'll post a picture. I'm very proud of this pin. <laughs> We're taking a picture of Natalie. We might make her do a catwalk. Yeah, I got it from a. I got it from a, a local craftsman. Mm. Uh, that's a Savage Sinister store. He's uh, a guy who used to do the zombie pub crawl that I would help organize. So mm. it's fine, guys. But but I mean, so it's. Again, readers, uh, we're recording in September, but this episode is going to come out in October. So welcome to an episode of Scared History. Also, if our audio sounds crazy, it's because we're haunted. (laughs) Also, I'm talking into a phone. A ghost phone. Shout out to, to... the love of our lives, the most important per- person on this podcast. Who you won't be able to hear on the ones and twos, un- unfortunately, this episode. It's DJ, DJ Rip. Rip. It's because I died. <gasps> I had to hand the phone over to DJ. Uh, DJ Rip. Rip, Rip, man. Just rocked Pod Slam, which is a. At this point, will have been two months ago. Will have a been month, a, month and a, half a long time ago, but. Shout out to Arcade Audio and Pod Slam. It is a live podcast extravaganza they where they raise a whole bunch of money for Connor's Cure. They ra- how much money did you raise for Connor's Cure? Um, as of recording, over four thousand, but donations are still open through the end of October. Oh, so, so you can still donate. That's right, gang. Because uh, donations are still flooding in, and yeah. we will add co- uh, the information in our show notes and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that. As soon as this episode drops, because I know you guys gobble it up right once it comes out, you hungry little turkeys. Um, 
Gross. <laughs> I don't like that. No. We know you want to give money to Connor and uh, the cure. So we actually have some like business to like take care of at the top of this episode uh, because uh, we have two corrections from, uh, I think, yeah. both from episode nine. Also, it does not hurt my pride because, A, I think I called myself out for this immediately yeah. once we got done recording. But also, hey, gang, thanks for sharp listening and calling us out. Yeah. Cass, what's your what's your correction from episode nine? So in episode nine, I'm going to give you some context here. This was the episode about the tale of Genji mm-hmm. uh, by, written by Murasaka Shikibu. Um, and we took an aside about Carmen and, Sandiego. And this was this was just a misspeak because I was so excited. Natalie and I had discovered that we both played this very obscure they PC know. I'm game. I'm sure they listened to it. I lost my damn shit and i said that queen hashepsut was the first pharaoh of egypt she was not she was in the game i think they said she was the first female pharaoh Mm -hmm. upon further research which now i really want to do an episode on queen hashepsut she was the second female pharaoh ever but they think the first female pharaoh of her dynasty Okay. So she was still a big dang, dang deal. You were excited and talking fast. And you know what? It made me look back into it and discover more history. I thought we were going to say it at the same time. You didn't. Um, Also, uh, I think in that same episode, and this is not historically relevant at all, but I uh, said that there was a shoe brand called Hoku One, and it's Hoka One. So I'm just a dumb bitch, and I wanted to correct myself. No, Natalie, you're a dumb witch. Oh. Um, also completely unrelated to the episode that we're about to get into, uh, but just because it's on my mind because Cass sent me a uh, photo and I want to ask her a really important question. Cass, have you watched Balto yet? When did I send you this You video? sent me a picture of Balto being available to stream on Netflix, and I just want to know if you watched it Wait, yet. that was a while ago, though, wasn't it? It was, was this- like a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. I was like, this wasn't... Like last night, like no. did I black out? It's blinding pain from my knee. So the old Balto blackout. Balto blackout. No, well, I have. Oh, all right. Well, we're still divorced. I have. God damn it. We're going to counseling. DJ Rip is our counselor, and we meet on Sundays when we record or yeah. Saturdays. Um, uh, no, maybe we we make that some bonus feature content where we do a little like Cass and Nat react. It's a very historical. And wonderful film. It's important to you, so it it's should be very important, important to me. Um, also, before we dig in, uh, I wanted to let you know that you have opportunities to see Cass and I both live um, in November. It'll be the second half of... I thought you said alive. Yes. But no, dead. <laughs> you can see us both living. Living in the flesh. Uh, no, uh, uh, Cass and I both perform with Jane Bond uh, that is currently going to be doing a run at the Laugh Out Loud Theater in Chicago. Uh, and we will have shows. We will still have shows in November. So at the point of this airing, I figured I would say that. Also, we've been invited to do a live presentation Guys. in none other than my hometown, Naperville, Illinois. What? what? Um, in fact, our episode, our hometown heroes, uh, hometown history episode was the inspiration for them to choose this topic for this event it's Wait, the that's Na- why they picked it so it's the, it's the naperville newcomers and neighbors club and they hold an ed talk like semi-regularly not a ted talk couldn't spring for the tea i love that uh 
So they hold an ed talk, and the topic for the one that's going to be in November is Naperville Histories and Mysteries, or Mysteries and Histories. Either way, it's adorable. Um, and so that's Thursday, November 7th. I don't have any other details of so, place. So they're doing it because I of be our there. episode. They're doing it, yeah, they're doing it because of our, ep- I think it's episode five, where we told uh, histories about from our hometown, and I talk about um, a mummy in my, I, you know, I basically just tell the plot of, uh, of was it, Under Wraps? Okay. <laughs> Decom Under Wraps. Upon listening back to that episode when I was going through sound bites, um, Rip said, Under Wraps. I thought you were just throwing out like a title. I was like, oh, that's, G- I didn't know that was actually mm-hmm. a decom. I thought we were doing like, oh my God, if Disney Channel no, no. original made this movie, we should do this. And I was like, wow, Rip is... Someone snatch him up. He's a fucking genius. And though you still are, I'm a little less impressed. You were just rattling just, off. Just having knowledge, deep decom just knowledge. Decom knowledge. Uh, yeah. So that'll be Thursday, November 7th, I think at like 730, but I don't have the specifics. We might have a special guest. We might not. Um, but we'll be we'll be telling the story of Butch the Mummy and maybe a little bit more Naperville history. Uh, and there will be other presenters as well. So if anyone is interested in uh, joining us in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, that's our first our, live, uh, our first, our first official book. <laughs> booking. Um, great. So that is all I had. Go Redbirds. What are you guys? The Red Hawks. Red Hawks. Wow. It's like you don't even care. I got the color and the, the animal correct. That Sorry I didn't get the genus disappointed <laughs> let's get um, going let's get into but I it wanna, i just want to get spooky with all of you <laughs> oh, God. um all right i had a really hard time uh finding a topic that wasn't just like about murder or creepypasta um wait what is creepypasta because i saw someone post about that and i was like is that just like a fun little like <laughs> that's creepypasta uh creepypasta is like i can't remember what the origin of the phrase creepypasta is now which is going to drive me nuts um but creepypasta is just uh kind of like internet folklore like it's like it's inter- it's like it's, it's like, like a scary, scary story or something or like like or crazy story that then like nobody knows if it's true or not anymore it probably isn't like slender man is literally born from creepypasta where it's just like a fucked up story that somebody told on the internet and just kept getting retold, retold, retold. So like, it's attitude. it's scary Reddit. Yeah, kind of. They're not all scary. Some of them are just like weird. Um, Got it. But so it makes it really difficult when looking for like creepy history uh, yeah. to to parse out what is an actual real thing. So I know that this is a real place, and that I know I remembered this thing um so i was like i'm gonna do this and then i found other topics that i was like ooh, and i was almost gonna give you a choice but i'm not giving you a choice there's so many stories to tell um okay so this is the story of centralia pennsylvania love that name already right it's already so spooky um a near ghost town as of 2017, there are only five people living there. At its peak, the population was over 2,500. In 1980, uh, there were over 1,000. So just to kind of give you an idea of, of, of the drop-off. Why is Centralia, Pennsylvania so abandoned? Tell me. 
oh, you know, because it's been on fire since 1962. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I, I broke Cass. Uh, and it is sometimes now casually no, referred Cass. to. I have a crutch to prove it. That's true. Uh, it's it's often casually referred to as a hellmouth because the fire that I'm referring to, it's not just like blazing above ground. It's the fire's underground. Wait. I am trying to get into Buffy because everyone talks about it, and I know That's Hellmouth. Down California. I know Hellmouth, Hellmouth is a thing to do with it. What? But I thought it was just like a word made up for the show. What is a Hellmouth? A Hellmouth just means it's like an access point to hell. That's not like an actual just, scientific thing. No, oh. no, no, it's just like casually. It's just like I didn't know if that was this like this place is a Hellmouth. Like another it's, term for a volcano hole. No, but I wish that it is was. a scientific term. Volcano hole. That would make. That would make uh, like geology so much more metal if like Hellmouth was. And like, you know what? Geology's metal as hell. I know. It's literally rock it's and roll. Literally minerals. Literal metal. <laughs> uh, Gerald, uh, over here at this Hellmouth. Yeah. That's uh, the end of that sentence. That's, that's all we need. Because that's the only rock and roll name they've got. Um, so I'm going to tell you the story of Centralia and, and how it got to be on fire for the last. I don't want to do math. It's been on fire since 1962. We don't do math. Um, okay, now naturally, Centralia, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Sorry. It was, it was like a hard turn. A hard turn. Uh, naturally, the area uh, belonged to the Native Americans first. Uh, they sold it. I'm putting that in air quotes because I'm choosing to. Uh, but also, like, everything just said, like, yeah, they sold it to colonial agents. And I'm like, mm, but did they, like, was it, like, like let's, a let's check the receipts on that, uh, pal. Uh, for 500 pounds. Uh, and the Americans were like, hooray, they built a big-ass road through it, and then uh, a revolutionary war hero slash signatory of uh, the Declaration of Independence slash chum of Hamilton, uh, because he also helped like form the U.S. financial system. Uh, Robert Morris, you know, of the universities <laughs> or the colleges. Does he have banks? No, 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 that's the different. Yeah. yeah. Keep talking, um, my brain's Robert broken. Morris acquired a whole bunch of it, um, and then he went bankrupt. Philip Morris. That's the bank guy, right? I I don't have money. It doesn't matter, Cass. <laughs> it's uh, not about that. It's not about him. Uh, because uh, soon after, uh, or maybe not soon after, but Robert Morris went bankrupt. And so the U.S. government like basically like reacquired the land from him. Um, and then a French sea captain, Stephen Gerard, um, bought uh, a whole bunch of the land uh, for $30,000. Value went up, didn't it? Because uh, <laughs> the colonial agents bought it for 500 pounds. Uh, and then this French sea captain had heard that there was, uh, speaking of geology, uh, and oh, I should have looked up how to say this. Let me see. Anthracite, anthracite, A N T H R I R A C I T. Sure. It's a type of coal. It, it's, it's hard coal, it has the highest carbon content, the fewest impurities. And the highest energy density of the whole coal. So it's clean coal? Family. It's like king coal. <laughs> it's Nat King coal. Uh, best, uh, hot take, best and only Christmas album. It is the only I mean, Christmas album, Nat King Cole's mm, Christmas Story. Mm, 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 nope, okay. it's the only one. It's the one my family, it's the only one my family listened to growing up. There's so. really just one more I want to put in there with it. That's mm. Snowed In by Hanson. I would have given you the NSYNC one, maybe. No, 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 not as good. Get- There's more original music in the Hanson one. No one likes original Christmas songs. No, no, but they're good original no, Christmas songs. No, I don't believe listen, you. Listen. Nat King Cole is listen. king. Um, 
guys chime in on our Instagram um, and Twitter and let us know that snowed in is we're, great. We're talking about the important issues. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's the type of coal that he had heard was in the region. So this French sea captain like was like, ooh, give me the land. Um, but it seems like he didn't do shit about it because um, from my research, it seemed like nothing was done about the coal until they built this railroad. And that wasn't until like 1854. And this is still like the 1700s. <laughs> Uh, so before even like before the railroad and before this French dude digs into the earth and I don't know, gets all dirty from coal, um, takes up charcoal painting or drawing, uh, another guy, Jonathan Faust opens a town in the township, uh, a tavern in the township. I doubt the first one, but this one was named Bullshead Tavern. And then that's how the town got its first name, which was originally Bullshead. Um, still nobody's mining. Uh, <coughs> Finally, in 1842, some hot mine action. The some land, what? Hot mine action. Although not I'm as hot gonna as it's gonna make get. you say that one more time hot. and really live in it. <laughs> yeah, you you did this to yourself, Natalie. <laughs> 1842, <laughs> some hot mine action. Got more gravelly there. The land was bought by Locust Mountain Coal and Iron Company. Alexander Ray, a mining engineer, moves in. He plans and builds out the town more properly, names it Centerville, but like spelled like the French way where it's T-R-E because he fancy. Um, later, it got changed to Centralia because there was another Centerville, presumably in the general area. Uh, and they're like, we can't have duplicates. Um, 1854, we finally get that mine run railroad I just mentioned. Uh, and thus commences a lot of mining nonsense and the eventual demise of Centralia. <laughs> Trying to make this soup spooky for you. Ooh. Alexander Ray, kind of our founder of Centralia at this point. Our? Mm-hmm. Natalie Fanny's there. Fanny Pemberton, Fanny Pemberton is, moved. is there. Natalie immerses herself in history. Uh, who is that? Are they going to make a Fanny Pemberton account? Oh, uh, who is that? That's, my, that's one of the teachers that I've name dropped in an episode. Uh, uh, Natalie a, got a text and they said they want to make like social media accounts for Fanny Pemberton. Yeah. Fanny Pemberton is just going to keep coming back because I think what we have established. Fanny now. Pemberton will come back until you find that black and white photo that you took. I will. Um, okay. Sorry. Uh, Alexander Ray, our founder of, of Centralia, is murdered. By members of the Molly Maguires in October 1868. Whomst are the Molly Maguires? It sounds like an Irish, like, uh, metal band that would be like, shipping off to Boston. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking of Flogging Molly. Yeah. It's their, it's the their Flogging founders. Molly Maguires are an <laughs> Irish secret society. I was right. Uh, that Irish. were, that don't seem like they were that secret. Uh, <laughs> that were active in Ireland and Liverpool. And then of course in the Eastern United States because Irish. Uh, they were most known for their activism among, in the U.S. at least, among coal mining communities, particularly the Irish ones, uh, because the treatment was abysmal. And so I think it's like they were like kind of just it's they were pushing them to unionize. But I don't know if they ever actually used like we're like strictly saying like we should be a union. And if it was more of just like we should band together and demand rights, which is a union. But yeah. like, I don't know how formal they got. Sometimes about the word union scares people off. So they try to. Yeah. like do this um, close to without calling it that. So that's that's who the Molly Maguires were. I was just picturing uh, Killian Murphy from uh, Peaky Blinders. Mm. Uh, so three of them, 
uh, three of them hang for the murder of Alexander Ray, but after, but like that was just like one snippet of a lot of murder and arson and violence that was taking place in Centralia during this time. Um, and and they like were terrorizing the town, so to speak. Um, and in uh, uh, legend has it, Ooh. in 1869, Father Daniel Ignatius McDermott, which is that name could only be slightly more Irish. Um, who had opened the first Roman Catholic church in the area was attacked by three uh, Molly Maguire members and Wait, Henry. The Molly Maguires attacked a Catholic priest? Yeah. Whoa. This is legend has it. Okay. I don't know what part of this is legend, whether if it's like the whole shenanigan or just. Natalie's had her hand up this, in finger quotes the entire time she's been talking. This, I should say this. I'm making up everything. Guys. <laughs> uh, this was a fever dream I had last night. Um, <laughs> Fanny Pemberton was there. Fanny Pemberton was there. Uh, so he was attacked by a couple of Molly Maguire members and he retaliates by cursing the land. The priest? Yes. Essentially saying there will be a day when the church is the last building standing in Centralia. <laughs> yeah. He was a real chill dude. <laughs> dude. Okay. So it's been stormy out. I so wish we would have gotten real life lightning right there <laughs> and like a thunderclap. Well, I just want you to remember that this priest said that the Catholic Church would be the last building standing in Centralia, because it's kind of true now, but more on that later. Uh, uh, 1890 is when they reached the max population. Sorry, uh, so- <laughs> Rip just did this like magical frat snap that echoed and reverberated throughout the apartment, and then I tried sweet. to, and I think I sprained my knuckle. <laughs> you have enough injuries. Um so in, by, by 1890, they reached their max population, uh, which was 2,761. There are seven churches, five hotels, two theaters, a bank, a post office, 14 general slash grocery stores. A lovely little town. And 27 saloons. <laughs> <laughs> Balances. I mean, the math seems the to math check out. The math seems to check out. Uh, mine town life is good <laughs> other than you know the fact that everyone's working in a mine and has the black lung mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like, okay, it wasn't actually until this is a peak um, population but it wasn't until 37 years like after this that like the peak mu- coal production in that area happened but that who cares this isn't about that hmm. um, but then World War I uh, men are gone from the mines the Wall Street crash in 1929 closes five mines in the area people keep like mining it's called like bootleg miners um, they mine, uh, they mine by pillar robbing in closed locations, which means that they extract coal from pillars left to support mine roofs. <gasps> Real smart. Oh. Mines collapse. So there's like a lot of like cave-ins and whatnot around. And so they can't, no longer are all the tunnels, uh, accessibly connected. Um, 1950 Centralia council acquires all of the rights to the coal beneath Centralia there are just under 2,000 residents at this point, 1950. 1960s is when the mining begins to shut down, which brings us to our big event. Nin- May 1962. The town is prepping for Memorial Day celebrations, as they often have. But wouldn't you know it, the landfill smells and is full of trash. Of what? Are you trying to do like a a mid-Atlantic accent? Oh, no, I just prefer to say trash that way. Trash. Trash. Uh, So they got to do something about all this trash. So they decide to burn it. Now, they've done this a bunch. Like, burning trash in landfills was, like, commonplace. I'm sure people still do that. I'm sure people still do it. 
Um, and the the Centralia landfill is located in an uh, in an abandoned strip mine pit next to Oddfellows Cemetery. Um, Great name, right? So, like, burning landfills is like Henry Wadsworth Oddfellow. <laughs> Oddfellows Cemetery. Uh, he was an odd fellow. <laughs> uh, and so they they had burned back the they'd burned back landfills in Centralia before. Though some sources say that the landfill used to be in a different location than it was when this happened. Um, and the borough is actually required to install fire resistant clay barriers between each layer of the land of the landfill because they know that they're like there are mines under here, shit's flammable. We should we we got protect against this smoldering for too long. But they'd fallen behind on the task. So, on May 27th, 1962, they light her up. Uh, and they wait for it to, to kind of, like, calm down. Um, and the main theory is that an unsealed opening in the pit allowed fire to enter the labyrinth of old mining tunnels beneath the town. And that is what has been burning for, like, going on 60 years. Um, the alternative theory posits that on May 26th, a trash hauler dumped already hot ash and discarded coal into the pit. And so it was like even easier for everything to get out of control on the 27th. They could actually both be right. The, I didn't know this, but I guess, I don't know if this is true everywhere, but fire departments like bill the town for fires that they have to put out or something. I mean, I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they're like the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. The like, Ghostbusters charge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, they ain't like just a, doing it for their health. That's like a big plot point. Oh, I honestly have not seen it in nigh on 20-some well, years. Because the scene is in. Sorry, I just have to get this out of the way. Uh, at this point, I have been to the uh, Ghostbusters uh, house at Halloween Horror Nights, and I'm just going to assume it was amazing. Sorry, had to get that in there. <laughs> so at the point of recording this, you haven't been. No. <laughs> I love you. Wait, wait, wait. You haven't been there and you just want to say you think it's going to be great? Yeah, because he's going to have been there by the time this episode drops. So, readers, uh, I know we've told you to talk to us about corrections or whatever. You know, do you like Nat and Cole or whatever? More important, when you listen to this, please check in and ask Rip what he thought of it. (laughs) Yeah. He does have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Ghostbuster up on his shelf. I mean, Pod Daddy over here also has a ceramic dolphin candle. It's not ceramic if it's Oh, no, that's glorious. It looks like a piece of pottery, but it is a straight up Pod Daddy from Florida. Pod Daddy from Florida. Florida. You've got Norm from Cheers action figure. Sorry, I haven't like really looked around here. No, this is gorgeous. Is a treasure trove. It is a treasure, as are you, Rip. I know that wasn't directed to me, but it was still sweet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so basically, like they're saying, both theories could be right because there were allegedly two bills from two separate fires from the fire department in like the city records from from that period of time. Yeah. Um, a third theory suggests that this fire was actually still a fire from 1932 that was never fully extinguished. But everyone more or less agrees that that theory is stupid. Wait, wait. So what year is this? This is 1962. 1962. So like the third theory is, no, no, this fire has just always been burning. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's been burning for nigh on 50 years. Yeah. So it could have just been underground. Yeah, maybe it's maybe, maybe metaphorically. We're closer to 80. Um, no, because people were still mining in some of those areas, like illegally or illegally, until like the 80s. So 
So this is 1962. The fire is still burning today uh, in 2019. But in 1962, they're like, well, this isn't great. And they kind of just carry on with life. Uh, the mining was basically done anyway. In 1966, the rail, the mining railroad shuts down. Life goes on, yada, yada. Uh, and then fast forward to 1979. So over 10 years after the fire starts, uh, local awareness of like the scale of the problem starts to shift. John Coddington, gas station owner and then mayor of Centralia, uh, is at his gas station. He like goes to check the levels of his like underground gas tanky thing, like with a dipstick. Uh, he pulls the stick out. It's like heckin' hot, and he's like, "Damn, this stick hot." Uh, this what? <laughs> <laughs> we all heard it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so then he submerges a th- <laughs> then he submerges a thermometer, and the thermometer comes back reading that in in the tank it is 179 degrees Fahrenheit. Or for our listeners abroad. You're welcome, Rebecca. Uh, 77.8 degrees Celsius. Wow, that's a lot of Celsius. Uh, so they're like, fuck. Uh, they still kind of like, it seems like they don't do much about it. I couldn't find out, like, kind of, they just were like, oh, no, this is like a problem and it's the fire has spread and it's affecting this gas station and it's affecting stuff. 1981, 12 year old Todd Domboski. Is playing in his backyard. His mom is like, looks from the window, is like, oh, cute. Turns away, looks back, and he's gone because he's fallen into a sinkhole that has opened up beneath him. Uh, a hell mouth. Yeah, hell, the hell is coming for this boy. <laughs> um, they say that, like, uh, that the, 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 that sinkhole was probably like an inverted cone shape. And so, you could see the fire at the bottom of it, but because it went on for like another, like for like a hundred feet, but like he went like this, like uh, he braced himself with his arms. So you can't see Natalie yep. when she said he went like this. He puts his arms out and he braces himself as it, so he doesn't like fall all the way in. Slash, I think it like kind Burn. of tapers off. Um, and uh, uh, and so he doesn't die. He's rescued by his cousin, and he doesn't die. Uh. But the plume of steam from that sinkhole is tested and contains toxic levels of carbon monoxide. Uh, oh, and also, uh, this is like the first of like many sinkholes. This is just like the, oh, a large. No. So this uh, sounds like the beginning of a Buffy episode. No, it seems like no, but no humans uh, were like died from a sinkhole. That might not be true, but like the sinkhole did. Uh, swallow up like pets like there's like an account of somebody being like we are we were on the swings and we were watching this cat and then the cat was just like gone oh no uh, um and like people would be like wander the forest and they would find like deer just like half in the earth like dead because they would either like suffocate from the smoke or like or just like got stuck and then couldn't eat and like died um because the ground is literally on fire underneath them uh but it feels more or less normal and solid at the surface like you can like you can like it's a squishy but like it's not like you don't know when it's coming it's a sinkhole hell's coming for you (laughs) um so centralia is bitterly divided over whether or not the fire poses a direct threat to the town still at this point i mean it's eating your children and your pets but that's fine um there's uh i think it's a book it said it said i had to include this just well i'll tell you why in the, <laughs> uh, 
in the in a book or an article or something uh, called "The Real Disaster Is Above Ground" by Steve Kroll Smith and Steve Couch. The latter, which is the name of my high school boyfriend, which is like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did you write? Is he, are you a source? I should explore a source. Um, they uh, they identify. Uh, several community groups all organize around various interpretations of the level of this threat. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of infighting and disagreement in the town about like how whether the fire poses a bigger threat or whether the bigger threat is the government. Did you? I guess I said the government. <laughs> you said a government with a B. Mm-hmm. Two B. Government. Uh, because there was a lot of people who felt that the uh, government was actually just trying to steal the mineral rights because they do basically enact uh, or invoke an eminent domain. Uh, in, 18, in 1983, the U.S. Congress allocates $42 million to relocate residents. A uh, 1,000 moved out. Uh, 500 structures were demolished. And by 1990, only 63 residents remained in the town. Okay, but what buildings were still standing? One of them is the Catholic Church. Oh! It's... It's not it's not Daniel Ignatius's Father Daniel's uh, mm. church, but it is a Catholic church. Um, but wait, there's more. <gasps> so this is 1990. Only 63 residents remain. 92. Uh, Governor Bob Casey invokes eminent domain. Still a bunch stay, uh, and they try to fight the claim for like eminent domain and legal system. In 2002, the U.S. Postal Service takes away their zip code. <laughs> What? They're like, you can't have this anymore. Guys, we try. You're on fire. No, you guys are on fire. You don't get this anymore. Listen, the U.S. Postal Service delivers in, like, what is it? Rain, shine, sleet, or snow. But not fire. But not in fire. Not when the ground is on fire and the roads are eating family pets and little boys. Oh. Um, so that's 2002. So they can't get mail in town anymore. They have to have mail sent to a P.O. box in like a neighboring town or like family in neighboring towns. Um, I read a thing from somebody whose dad was still living there at the time of that being published, which was like, I think, 2015. And uh, she said that he has, he has his mail sent to her, but he stopped using checks because he couldn't have... They didn't have a zip code, so he couldn't have his address on the check. Oh, yeah. And he didn't want to, like, inconvenience her. So he was, like, basically went to being just strict cash and debit. Uh, because he was like, I'm not, I don't want to put your address on my yeah. checks. Like, I already have all my mail being sent to you. Yeah. So, so they, they take away their zip code. <laughs> because they're on fire. Um, I don't know. I mean, the U.S. Postal Service needs all the work they can get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have they have their they have their limits. Uh in 2006, there's only 16 homes still standing. In 2009, uh, the governor... Uh, you mean the governor? The governor, uh, Ed uh, Randall, starts a formal eviction of Centralia residents and reduces the population to 11 homes. Uh, the remaining residents try to mount another effort, legal effort, to reverse the eminent domain claim. Um, by 2010, there's only five homes remaining and only 10 people, three families. Uh, they've also forced an, another nearby town to be abandoned as well because the coal mines underground extended over to it and the fire had spread over to it. Ironically, this town is called Burnsville. Shut up. Stop it. It's with a Y, but... B-Y-R? B-Y-R-N-E-S. Uh, <laughs> February 2012, the Commonwealth Court rules that uh, ruled that a declaration of taking, question mark... Uh, could not be reopened or set aside on the basis that the purpose for the condemnation of the land was no longer exist 
no longer existed because they had um, done a study and the air quality, the, the residents did a study in the air quality in Centralia by 2012 was actually the same as a local not condemned town. So they're like, it's livable. Pay no attention to the fire underneath the ground. <laughs> um, uh, and in 2013, that lawsuit is settled, and so they and part of the settlement, in addition to like compensation for their homes and whatnot, is that they give these remaining residents the right to stay in their homes for the rest of their lives. So they don't have to. They're not. They don't have to be kicked out of their town. But no one new can come in. Yeah, and why would you? They don't have no news. How are you going to get your Amazons? <laughs> um, so Centralia now, more or less. Uh, I couldn't really find census updates more recent than 2017. Um, is still burning. Uh, if, you, if you type in Centralia, Pennsylvania, if you just Google that in, uh, in, in the Googles, and they give you like those like kind of like prompt questions with a yeah. bunch of things underneath it, one of them is just, is Centralia still burning? And I was really hoping that it was going to be like one of those websites that's like, that's like uh, do the Cubs have a game today? And, and it just like, says yes. There's a, yeah, there's a website that like literally just says, uh, do the like do the Cubs have a game today? Or is it's called like do the Cubs play today dot com? Yeah, like I think it's just do the Cubs play today dot yeah. um, uh, I was hoping that there was like a website. It's just like it doesn't even update itself. It just always says yes. Uh, I really, really want this to be like a lyric in Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." That everyone just kind of one of those is just everyone skips over because yeah, there's so many like, references. Or like Centralia, I don't know, and they're like. Oh, Billy knew. In my uh, in my eighth grade U.S. history class, we we did one day as we watched that music video and listened to it like five or six times, and it was for extra credit that we would that we were supposed to write down and like things that we heard and then like research them, and and we got like a point of extra credit or something for everything that we could actually identify from the lyric, and. Uh, and like find the historical significance of in so. Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." Mm-hmm. I actually saw an article last night that was it. It marked every reference of of a person, I think, mm-hmm. and of like the 177 or something. Like only six are still alive. Oh man! Because he started from the year he was born, which yeah. is 1948, and it was written in 7082. Something like that. Doesn't yeah. matter, but. Um, but yeah, so I just think of when it seems like torture that for in one of my classes in middle school, we just watched that music video like six times. That's upsetting. Yeah. Would you like some beats? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit us with beats. About, about Billy Joel? <laughs> well, that, that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, okay. So, uh, he's just going to start singing. We didn't start the fire. Joe DiMaggio. Uh, so William Morris Endeavor is a talent agency. <laughs> Philip Morris is the tobacco conglomerate. That's what it is. Um, but did you think it was a bank? I mean, I they have a lot was, of they have a lot of money. I thought it was a yeah, Philip Morris Bank. I don't know a bank of tobacco. So the colonial agents bought the uh, Centralia for five hundred pounds uh, in seventeen forty nine. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Pounds uh, with inflation from 1749 to 2019 converted into dollars is $112,049.11. Okay. So, yeah, but then, like, what was like, what was 30,000 US dollars in, uh, uh, what year was that? Was my Frenchman. I don't have the Frenchman's year, but it was still in the, 
still in like the yeah and then uh lastly uh there's a bunch of uh like documentaries and youtube videos and stuff like that on centralia there's like a pbs feature from Mm -hmm. 1982 uh there's a movie called the town that was from 2007 and then there's a documentary from 2017 centralia pennsylvania's lost town yeah uh also not something you could just find on youtube and watch the PH Comedy uh, Theater. We're not watching Balto. No. You can find Balto. Watch Balto. No, the PH Comedy Theater in 2015 did an original musical called Centralia or in, in around Halloween. It was written by the uh, now artistic director of Comedy Sports Chicago, Jason Geis. Jason wrote a musical about mm-hmm. Centralia? Mm-hmm. And it's because uh, he found out about this and he was just so intrigued about it. He wrote uh, basically in his version, the remaining residents were uh, zombies. Or not zombies. Uh, they were cannibals. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was hilarious and ridiculous and wonderful and there's there video blood evidence splatter. i'm sure somebody well we're gonna it. have to talk to jason about that yeah um but yeah so uh since then like uh very few homes remain most of the abandoned buildings have been demolished or reclaimed by nature and in case in some cases they've like removed any trace that almost that there is a town there other than that there are still roads it's like a field with just roads in it um like they've even filled up and like cut curbs so you could be walking through like down a street and not even be like oh there used to be a house there i can tell because the curbs cut for the driveway like they removed that um the the that's been like wiped off of uh like other um highway signs that would be like if there was like a through route because they just don't want people going through it um mostly because uh tourists will go there and be assholes um the and they're like a menace to like the five people who still live there um Pennsylvania Route 61 was repaired several times and then until it was closed and they just gave up and made the detour road the main road uh, because if I'll post a picture of of uh, Route 61, I think it's Route 61, um, it just looks like it's out of like if you put Mad Max in on the east coast of the United States. <laughs> like the road is just like cracked and like caved in and like buckled and it's covered in graffiti. Uh, because tourists are assholes and will go and like just draw out everything. Um, cause you can still get to it by foot. It's closed off by road, but you can still get to it by foot. Um, and when you see it, you're like, oh, I understand why they evacuate. Like they were like, they yeah. can do this, we can't even use this main street. Yeah. Um, uh, the, four, the town's four cemeteries though, including one on a hilltop that literally has fire rising and, uh, and steam rising, uh, around and out of it are maintained in good condition. Of course they like are. Like, the cemeteries are chill. Um, I feel like they've embraced, like, we are a literal ghost town on fire for 60 years. This is kind of our thing. Like, we, are, yeah. we gotta make it. Uh, a rip's gotta beat. One of those cemeteries? Do you have the name? Uh, is it St. Mary's? Uh, or is it? There's another one. Oh, yeah. Okay. St. Ignatius. <gasps> oh, I don't have, yeah, I don't have the names of all the Shut cemeteries. Up. Um... Uh, listen, Father Daniel coming for you. Sick and beat. so is the earth. Sick beat, Rip. Uh, it's, so the town of Centralia has been used as a model for many fictional ghost towns because it is like kind of one of its kind, especially in the U.S., um, and uh, manifestations of hell in, in different like fictional stories, uh, in, including Dean Koontz's Strange Highways and David Wellington's Vampire Zero, although you would think what a great filming location to film in um, the the citizens say like they're like I don't think the, the location scouts from Hollywood will come through but they're like I don't think they're filming here because it'd be such a burden to try and shoot around all of the graffiti 
not even the oh, fire. Really? Like the, the graffiti is that bad. Um, there are a lot of similarities between Centralia and the town in Silent Hill, the video game. Uh, I'll post a side by side of the church that I that I mentioned earlier that's still standing, uh, because the church in that's still standing in Centralia and the church in the video game are like the same. Um, and screenwriter Roger Avery therefore researched Centralia when he working on the film adaptation though it wasn't filmed there. Uh, and now to our church. The remaining church in the borough is St. Mary's, a Ukrainian Catholic church, which makes me happy as a Ukrainian that they're like, we're not going anywhere. Uh, so it is a Catholic church. It is still standing. It still holds weekly services on Sunday and has not yet been affected by the fire. They did a geological study because it's built on solid rock. Everything beneath it for like a while is solid rock. Uh, and they were like, this church isn't in danger at all of being affected by the fire. So, Father Dan. Father Dan. Father Dan. There's a, uh, there's a... Hell has squir- no fury, like a, a, like a, a priest, priest scorned. There's a, there's a, a scripture verse about the, the rock, the foundation upon which... Doing the Rock Johnson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, people don't really see such a central uh, character, character in, in, in dogmatic in, faith in uh, Catholicism. No. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of it now. My random Catholic knowledge is not. It's failing me. I distracted you with, with attractive, muscular I men. just blacked out and just saw an eyebrow. So I saw a fanny pack. <laughs> um, yep. So that is the story of uh, Centralia. I, so I just imagine like... Because when I think of the East Coast, I think of just like, I think of, uh, what's, the, uh, what's that Tobey Maguire movie? Cider House Rules. Was, yeah, Cider it's House just Rules. like apple orchards and it's just like cardigans and it's lovely and there's crunchy leaves on the ground. So it's I'm like, just, it's basically just that and like Longshoremen. Yeah. The East Coast is the wire and Cider House Rules. <laughs> I'm picturing just and like... And Made in Manhattan. I'm just picturing like Charlize Theron and Tobey Maguire walking through the Pennsylvania woods with just a toasty steam emanating from the bottom. And they're just like picking apples barefoot like, oh, it's so toasty and warm with, like, above this hell mouth. It's, it's like, like a spa, spa treatment while, I'm, uh, while I pick these apples. <laughs> what? Of... of crazy and fantastical story such spoop right such spoop it's like a Much ghost scare. town it's, it's a like ghost a, town it's a hell mouth it's like if october sky became a horror movie i'd watch it if and I donnie like darko and october sky combined it would be the city of centralia uh, yep honestly yes. i would watch that movie I would too. I would. I would. I would watch it, but I would carry all the tension in my shoulders the whole time, and then my uh, neck and my and my shoulders would hurt afterwards, and I would regret watching it. That's why I don't watch scary movies. That's why you don't watch scary movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I live with tension in my shoulders all the time. So same, but it's like I don't want to <laughs> exacerbate the problem. I mean, that checks out. Right, so, what's your scared history? Oh my gosh, are you ready for this? I'm about to tell y'all about actual witches. <gasps> my real life. My friends. For real witches. Ugh. Um, so I'm here to chat with y'all about uh, brujas. I don't know if you've heard of that. I, I've, the term is familiar. Yes. I am probably not saying it as it brujas. Um, Do we ever say anything crazy? We don't. <laughs> it, is a, it is a 
a, a Spanish word um, comes from the word brujería, which means literally witchcraft. Uh, is that why Broomhilda is such like a, in my head, such like a, I think that's like a no. staple witch name. No. that is, The reason Broomhilda is used as a staple witch name is because it's German. Broomhilda is just a very German name. Very German name. And it's kind of... Very popular in improv scenes. Yes. It's a very goofy name to our ears. Mm-hmm. It has and the it word has broom, broom in, in it. it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of uh, witchcrafty stuff comes... Is associated with Germany? With like, yeah, like, you know, like Transylvania and that like Eastern European kind, even though Germany's Western European, I feel like when you hit that hard, like funny German accent, everyone pushes it further east. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I just was like, oh, is that like... Brilda. Is that like the Because of Young Frankenstein. Of, Wasn't yeah, it in there? Probably. I don't know. Um, no, but uh, brujas are... Um, Oh no no! It's literally in Young Frankenstein. It's it's uh, Frau Bruja. Bru- yeah yeah yeah. Then it's like lightning crash. Yeah yeah like. Yeah. <laughs> what knockers? Oh thank you. <laughs> she thinks he's talking about her boobs. I love that movie. That's a great movie. <laughs> Clearly, I only have one character's lines memorized. Frau Bruja. No. <laughs> I think that's spelled differently, though. I think it's Bluchad. I'm, I'm sure it is, but it um, sounds the same. But it does, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Brujas are... Um, so let me break this down. Uh, it's a, it's a, a religion of sorts in, um, uh, in Puerto Rico, and it was established uh, around the Afro-Latin diaspora. So when... Slaves were brought over from Africa to, like, the Caribbean and everything mm-hmm. by the Spanish in, like, the 1500s. Um, a lot of the the Africans brought over uh, pieces from uh, the Yoruba tribe, which was, like, this religion over there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yoruba, there was a tribe, but they practiced uh, this religion, the, the Yorubas did. And it kind of morphed and melded into what it became their own thing. I'm really out of breath. <laughs> I got very excited when we were talking about <laughs> Young Frankenstein. <gasps> Hold on. Let me see. Also, let me look at my notes. Y'all, we're working with new mic stands, and it's really throwing me. Okay. Literally translates to witchcraft. Across the Afro-Latin diaspora, many forms of spiritual practices emerged. Haitian voodoo, Cuban Santeria, Brazilian... Condom. I'm back to Santa Maria. Yep. <laughs> no crystal ball. Brazilian. We don't have the right. <laughs> do you want to do, do one more verse? No, we don't have the rights. Okay, good. <laughs> Brazilian candomblé and umbanda. Um, what sets brujeria or brujeria in Puerto Rico apart is the u- unique blend of religiosity and spiritualized materialism. I don't know exactly what that means, but. Um, all of these kind of so uh, like I like like use of like icons and like yeah I'm, like, I'm thinking of like what the spiritualized materialism would be like totems or yeah like the, icons or like tangible things yeah they yeah. they mention that kind of prop um, com- prop religion prop comedy religion <laughs> prop comedy yeah because the, the, what makes it so uh, brujeria was never really studied as a religion because when the Spaniards came over and when they were kind of colonizing um there's no formalized 
like this is our dogma or this yeah. is our, you know, uh, mythology that we uh, mm-hmm. abound from or whatever. It's very individualized and mm. it's very female centric and matriarchal. Um, there are brujos, which are male witches, um, but mostly it is matriarchal. And so what Do I was. Do they call them Mitches? <laughs> no. I'm just checking. <laughs> This is an honest question, guys. It, no, it's, it's a yeah. Um, I just thought every guy named Mitch might be a brujo. <laughs> uh, the leadership position of women within um, Afro and indigenous cultures uh, it stood in stark contrast with Spanish patriarchal societal conventions. Uh, it was seen as superstitious and primitive um, to the Spaniards. And so they denounced it. You know, they didn't understand this. Um, They're like, wait, 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 wait. You like listen and respect your women? What? All of this is witchcraft. <laughs> no, really, though. And and if you and even back to the Yoruba tribe, like any sort of uh, most of these people were just healers, right? Mm-hmm. Like they used medicines mm-hmm. and you know tonics and stuff yeah. that they found from nature and, and whatnot yeah yeah they were herbalists and whatnot and they were um and and it was spiritualized as well uh but if it was healing in a way that that they didn't understand and didn't have to do with the church they're gonna write it off as witchcraft right mm-hmm. like mm, you you made that guy healthy and the lord wasn't involved and you also mix some stuff in a pot now, oh, and you're a woman? Get out of here. Yeah. You're a witch. You're a witch. Um, so the, the term uh, bruja is a Spanish term. I don't know what, I don't know if they had a specific name prior to that. Because again, it was, it was, it was during the like colonization and yeah, the slave the trade. Yeah, naming the thing. Yeah. So, so it is kind of this like. We into history a lot. Yeah. It's this weird kind of hybrid of like what was, uh what from it was from the indigenous people, what of it was from the Yoruba people and what of it was the, you know, colonization because they were, you know, ostracized, they were persecuted and they kind of developed this like hybrid religion. So it took on aspects of Catholicism Mm -hmm. and it took on aspects of the indigenous peoples and the Yoruba people. Um, Yeah. And and again, it says here. So the de- the demonization of natural spiritual practices eventually led to the persecution of healers throughout the Caribbean, South America, and Central America. Like these people were healers. Yeah, I always love when it's like you're making us not die before we reached twenty three. God wanted you to die. You're a witch. Yeah, you must be a witch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get it. I've seen season one of Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie just started you just finished season one yeah yeah season two is a wash the whole thing's, the whole wash. thing's pretty rough season two is great outfits though um side note real quick can't believe we made it through all of talking about Centralia being on fire without either one of us going city on fire from Sweeney Todd oh yes yeah I'm not a big Sweeney Todd person we're canceled rip is Rip is pacing. Rip, oh my God! Rip just threw a lamp against the wall. Rip, Rip is fear. Oh, he just pulled out a single uh, razor. 
a he doesn't Sweeney need a Todd razor. He doesn't need a good shave. <laughs> Rip didn't do any of that. <laughs> I'm pretending. Because <laughs> you can't see, so we can lie to you. <laughs> yeah, just fully, fully for all of it. Um, City on fire. I even thought about that this morning as I was getting ready. Uh, singing that song. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's this uh it's this kind of like that's what's interesting about it is because it's it's very kind of individualized, but it is also like it has a you know, kind of the outlines of yeah. not so much a religion but like belief system. Um by I mean by their standard it sounds like it was a religion. It was just yeah. like when the Spanish showed up and they're like, "Oh, no." A religion in in our brain is one, just this one religion, right? Yeah, and two, like has mm-hmm. probably like a text and yeah. like a detailed mythos and yeah, they um, they do say that it is very kind of one like size fits all, like individualized. Which when you when you tack the term witch onto it, makes it seem like oh, I'm gonna go to the the witch down the street, whatever, and mm-hmm. it's like oh, it's just kind of her own little. This is what I do. There was a sense of community to it. Um, and I'm I, sorry, you said community, but I think you meant coven. Yes, the coven. Absolutely. I don't know what that voice was. Um, but it was spoopy. It was spoopy. Uh, because it was kind of seemingly sort of like this patchwork of different religions, different spiritualities, different um best practices and it was also a result of slave trade and colonization and diaspora and all these little patchwork things together um it was again like we're just gonna write this off we don't want you you're it's witchcraft it's evil Mm -hmm. go jesus christ you're the best um and so it was not thought of as anything serious other than like y'all are just making spells over there uh and it was always portrayed in a negative light, even though it has a, a huge significance to Latinx culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, 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 well, she's not a scientist. What is that word? <laughs> a historian, uh, Isabella Zanon Cruz, uh, made the assessment that Puerto Rican vernacular religions and really any Afro-Latino re- uh, religions have been studied by by folklorists but not comparative religionists due to classist and racist assumptions. So that's, I took a comparative religion class uh, in, in high school, actually shout out Mr. Brady uh, drink. Uh, and yeah, I guess like as a, as a little teenage white girl, it didn't occur to me that like, yeah, we didn't. I mean, you, you think of like any, anything that's, that's kind of very in, I hate indigenous, you yeah. know, when we, when we tack that term onto it, it's like, we think of it as folklore or we yeah. think of it as like mythology and it's not formalized. And yeah. it's just like, it's always like, Hey guys, we're in a religion class. I'm going to tell you about the main guys. Hey, here's your little fun fact for the day. And it's just kind of a fun tidbit or a fun, whatever. Yeah. Like we're never going to talk about this, but it's an interesting thing to drop every I now and then. I feel like it might also just be like, also like in addition to just like the classism and the racism of it, that like class, like class structure as in like a class you're studying in class structure, uh, is just that it is structured, like to like build a curriculum around something, uh, I feel like the education system likes things to like fit into like nice little 
chapters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And if like if it's a if it's a religion that doesn't have a uh like a, like if it's a religion that doesn't have a text that doesn't have like Loose like these structure. things yeah that is like very much like based on kind of the interpretation of the individual who is participating mm-hmm. in it then how do I how that doesn't fit into my neat little rubric yeah. that I how that can I you need test to build on this I can't do yeah. an ABCD answer yeah because it's like you basically you could write anything and be like well it could have been that to opinion. like yeah. to this to like in an individual it mm-hmm. could have been interpreted that way yeah um. Also, quick sidebar: I took a class in uh, freshman year of college. That it's funny that you mentioned like the idea that like uh, more indigenous like religions are seen as uh, are often not categorized as religion, but studied more of as like folklore and mythology. Because I took a class and I'm trying to remember what it was called. My freshman year was of it college, the Golden Age of the Mediterranean. No, I took that in like <laughs> took that in high school. Uh, no, it, it was I took a freshman year of college, and I and it was one of those things where it's like what you thought the class was based on the name of the class and the course description was very different from what it turned out to be, and it was because the court the course title had the word like mythology in it, and it was like something in mythology, but religion was not in the title. Um, and I, and the class wound up being, was very interesting. I thought it was going to be, since it said mythology, I thought it was going to be like focused on like mythologies from a vast array of cultures. I thought it was going to have, you know, me, I do love my ancient Greece, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Roman times. I thought we were going to have Greek and Roman mythology and then also other cultures. Uh, and what it wound up being was actually a, a religions classic where we studied like, the mythology, but the religion of uh, the Lakota. It was all about the Lakota. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and I and I was like, why did you call this mythology? That's not what I feel like. That's not what the Lakota would consider it. Yeah. Well, so that's interesting because I remember I took a like a classical studies class in college, like just a random elective, and they would use the word mythology all the time. And I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, it's going to be like ancient Greek mythology. And like, I know like Zeus and Hera and all those names. And um, when they started like, and people got mad because after I took this class, I started using the word mythology in relation to um, Christianity sometimes. And people get mad at me like, oh, you hate it. Mythology literally just means the collection of narratives we use yes. as a foundation of this religion. So the but Bible the connotation of it, the connotation that in, we use is that it's like, like fantastic. Is that yeah? Is that it's is, but if is you, that of more folklore? Yeah, but if you were to say like the mythology of 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 Catholicism, we would probably go back to the Old Testament. That's yeah. the collection of stories of the origin, right? Yeah. Not saying it's true or fake or whatever, but those are the collective stories that we have gotten to get to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, but I mean, we all know I'm the most devout Catholic ever air quotes. Um, but yeah, no, but, but it is, it's easier when there is some sort of, I mean, that's why when things are written down, like, like I've been wanting to do a lot of like South America stuff that doesn't have to do with colonizers. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really hard if there's stuff that's not written down or, you know, it burned in the fire of Alexandria. Like, yeah, we don't have stuff written down. People are like, well, we're not going to formalize it and teach you guys. Well, and it goes back to like the episode, um, the episode that where I talked about the Amazons of, uh, of, uh, Dahomey. Dahomey. It's like, great. My, the pronunciation that I was using for most things during that was the French pronunciation, mm-hmm. which is the colonizers pronunciation, because that was what it was easier for me to find. Yeah. And like, that's what was written down. Um, and also like, 
I had to couch some of that. I remember in that story being like, and we like, I, like, we know that we only know this for a fact and know the date around it because a colonizer yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. or like, like a Frenchman wrote it down in a letter that he sent back mm-hmm. home. And that's the only written record that we have of it. Yeah. And, and us doing, you know, we don't have, oh man, when I was at Iowa state, the, Iowa state's a research one facility. Oh, so from Iowa? I'm from Iowa. Did you not know that? Go, go cyclones. Um, I would say it was a research one facility, which meant that they had like the full blown library. They had everything. I had access to JSTOR. I was like, oh, yeah, Natalie's yeah. eyes just, I just lit up. Love JSTOR. So like I could feasibly like do a lot of in-depth research. I could find any peer reviewed article. I could do all the things because I had the little code and then I graduated eventually and, um, didn't have Did that you not graduate in four years? Did I not know this right? Nope. <laughs> I took a couple victory laps. I took a brief hiatus. <gasps> so did so did um, Rip, I think, right? Not my choice. Rip, how many how many semesters were you at? <laughs> oh, is that what we're gonna count? <laughs> <laughs> years or eight Oh, so we're like, years. No, I know. What's whatever the math is easier for you? Uh, like eight years. Cool, 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 cool. I, I graduated in, early. <laughs> I was invited to no longer continue at Iowa State. <laughs> and then I and then I I did continue. And then I got out of there whiff of degree. <laughs> little little cast mythology that yeah. not many people know. I transferred, changed my second major, and graduated early. So some might say I didn't go to college. Hey Rip, uh, do we want to throw Natalie in a hellmouth somewhere? <laughs> I know where you. Can find <laughs> um, but yeah, but so that long tangential thing, like with that access, like we can find information on a lot of these like not super well-known topics and we can get down and gritty and Mm -hmm. whatever but without access to like hyper specific peer-reviewed articles and whatnot most of this is just what we can get from google yeah every now and then when i'm researching i come across a link that is a jstor link and i'm like i can't read yeah it'll give you the abstract and that's it so like we're there's only so much I can I can't find a whole lot about. Let's try to get sponsored by JSTOR. Oh my god, I want I want JSTOR swag so hard, so much. But the, but there I mean there is this information out there. Yeah. you know like we can find really a lot of in depth information about this stuff, but we need hyper you know high access. We need to, we need to be paying an facility, academic you know. institution a hundred thousand dollars yeah, to get it. There's only so much I can I bet you we could just get a JSTOR membership for way cheaper than our uh Wait, our, can you just get a I feel like you can. Like, Otherwise I, don't I have we who, don't have the podcast anymore. I just want to change I follow them on Instagram. Wow. Wow. No, it's, I, I want this forever. Twitter, I'm just so. telling you that's how much it means to me. It's just like I just want one in general. Uh I have enough friends who are professors. I'll we'll circle back. <laughs> we'll circle back. Hey JSTOR, shout out. Yeah. Um, but no, but like, it's one of those of like, I would love to be able to like go into, look at this, you know, firsthand account of the whatever. And Natalie's writing down J store. I am writing account. down J store. Um, but yeah. And, and that's my, my little take on, I would love to be able to have more access to information that doesn't have to do with a, a, a topic in relation to when it was colonized mm-hmm. or when white people showed up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I find that stuff on, on the internet, it's like, I don't think this is a super reputable account. Nah, I don't believe this. Um, yeah. I wonder, I feel like, I wonder if we, would run, if we would run into that same issue on JSTOR. 
Like, I know yeah. that there's, like, more information, but it's still, like, you think about, like... Yeah. You, you think about where a bulk of academia is, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, we it's still going to be weighted. Yeah. Well, and that's, like, so... So 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 going back to uh, Brujas, uh, there's been a, there's a modern resurgence of brujeria, um, and and just kind of witchcraft in general. I feel like everyone I know is like I'm a witch, and it's very like, oh yes, witch culture is very strong right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's much it's very much about like uh, femininity and positivity and you know female empowerment and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's been a resurgence in Bruja culture as well. There's this rapper called Princess Nokia who is phenomenal. Okay. And you should go check her out. We'll throw some links on I'll write there. Write that down. My notes so far are JSTOR, Princess Nokia. <laughs> she uh, she has a music video that came out in 2016. I believe I think it was 2016. Um, and it's just called Bruja. And it's just like gorgeous visuals. It's kind of all in this kind of like um blue hazy light and it's uh the the first image is like a woman in white kind of in the ocean which is meant to uh connote oh and I have the name here um Yamaya which is the ruler of the seas in Yoruba and Santeria religions um and it gives a lot of visuals and images to that and there's there's a bunch of like kind of articles and information about um uh while you're looking for that um there is a witch store that just opened up very recently around the corner from me so as soon as we wrap up we can go (laughs) and become witches great great and ask for them to sponsor us be like listen we're all here working (laughs) on j store but um (laughs) Um, one of my favorite sponsored by J Store and Witches. <laughs> well, add another one to that because one of my favorite Instagram accounts and websites is Remezcla. Remezcla. I don't know how to pronounce it because I'm not great. Um, but it's uh, it's all like like kind of like modern and Latinx kind of like stuff that's going on. There's this mm-hmm. great article why young culture makers are proudly reclaiming Bruja feminism, and it's become very much of a feminism movement mm-hmm. now too. Um, and and you're seeing. Um, Artists like Princess Nokia, um, Aja, who is a, a drag queen who has a music video out called Bruja as well, okay. I think. Um, there's a Brujos web series, which is about um, a coven of male Brujas. There is a TV show called Siempre Bruja about a witch who got like burned in like the I don't know, 15th, 16th century and then came to present day. And she's like, I got to get back to the past. And it's very like... I don't know. It looks great. It sounds very Outlander, but opposite. It's it's Outlander, no, but also if it were Riverdale. Okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Um, and there's just this resurgence and like kind of like going back to like I feel like in in a lot of cultures or with feminism or whatever, everyone's kind of trying to go back away from this modernity phase of like let's find our roots and mm-hmm. let's go back to things before they got crazy and. Yeah. Things that maybe were outlawed or rejected or persecuted, like witches. Yeah. Um, find the roots of what those really were. You know, yeah. it wasn't just a bunch of people casting spells. It was like part of our culture. It was part of healing. It was a matriarchal society. They were an important feature in our in our community. I like to think that it's that the real reason why everyone's super into like witchy stuff now is because we all stand Professor McGonagall. <laughs> Uh, Professor McGonagall or Professor Trelawney? 
Yes. <laughs> also, McGonagall became kind of the surprise, like, yeah, because it's, fan of because that show. It's Dame Maggie Smith. Dame Maggie Gadam Smith. Gadam Smith. The Dowager Countess. It's the oh, Dowager Countess. Is this a method of communication or torture when they get the phone in? Um, yeah. Down. I love her so much. What's her week? My mom saw the movie. She was beside herself. She was like, I didn't know it was out yet, but I just saw. Oh, the, like, it was I, I, I just saw a bunch of like their press tour stuff. It wasn't. She's like, Cass. <gasps> they did an early release. Oh my gosh! At the Flicks Brew House in Des Moines, and I went with my girlfriends, and we got some wine. She she went to the brew house with her brew house. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Pull the lights. That's so cool. That's so interesting. So spoopy. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good spoops. Uh, speaking of things on the internet that we love, uh, that we find as good resources, that are here's another uh, 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 unpaid endorsement for, uh, because I would actually almost blame them for probably why there's a lot of tourists who come and destroy Centralia. Have you ever looked at uh, Atlas Obscura? No. I love Atlas Obscura. Um, so uh, Centralia is on Atlas Obscura, and they have like pictures and shit of it, like. Uh, <gasps> and and I'm showing Cass photos. Um, Curious and wondrous travel destination. Yeah, it's such a great it's such a great site if you're like traveling and you're like, well, I don't want to go like everywhere. So I was in I was in Maine for three weeks, um, which is part of the reason we haven't recorded it in a while. Yeah, Natalie I was, in, was gone for a month a month ago, and just this is the first time recording in over a over month. two months. No just over a month okay we recorded right before my birthday that's right um well, that's right uh but i uh so when i was in maine i was like looking on atlas obscura for things uh and there's some stuff where it's like oh pet cemetery was filmed here and whatnot in maine um and uh one of the things that i found that i oh, i wanted i thought about because i was trying to figure out what i was going to do for this episode yeah and i thought about covering it um and of course now it's not loading on my computer um but uh the was um was in Bucksport, Maine, and it's it was it's the cursed monument of Colonel Buck, <laughs> and it's uh I, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. So there is as the Colonel Colonel Buck is like like founder or whatnot of Bucksport, Maine, and there's this monument that is just across the street from a like on a main street across the street in like a cemetery on a main street literally across the street from a grocery store now. Uh, so actually, I did see the cursed monument of Colonel Buck because I drove past it and I went, oh, uh, oh, there it is. But it has, uh, it's considered cursed because he um, had a woman burned uh, for witchcraft. When was this? Um, not recently. Not recently. <laughs> this is like uh, 2012. Uh, no, he, he had a woman burned for witchcraft and one and like legend has it that like the reason that he had her burned was because she actually was uh, pregnant with his <gasps> with his uh, his bastard child, mm. and uh, so it was like a convenient like oh she's a witch, she's a witch. Yeah, it was a, witch. a real Hester Prince situation, I know. or um, a crucible sitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they uh, and so the, the the monument's cursed because then he dies. Uh, way later on, uh, and but there's a uh, water spot, like a stain on his monument that's in the shape of a witch's boot. 
And I just loved, I tried to find more information on this because I was like, if I could do a whole episode about this like really small thing, I would love it. Um, but it's just like the shape of, like if you search like Colonel Buck Cursed Monument or whatever, it is shaped like, like a cartoon witch's boot, but like a cartoon witch's boot. Um, and, uh, and it's like right above his name and it's like centered. And one of the legends is like when she was burned, her, her foot fell off and like landed at his feet or something. Uh, but I loved it and I wanted, I thought about doing that. So that's what I told you guys that I also had like another mini story that I was going to do. I just did it. It was the fastest. It is super. We'll, we'll post a picture. It, it just look, it literally it just looks, looks like a Christmas super, stocking. It kind of looks like uh, when when the Wicked Witch of the West oh. sister gets under and just like the legs are hanging yeah, out. Yeah, when the shoes are off when and it's just a stocking before feet they, before they curl, curl up. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but it is it is prominent enough on that monument no, that I could like, see I could see that stain from the road. Yeah, it's not like when. Uh, like oh look uh, uh, jesus christ is in my toast i was gonna say that and it's like not really like this actually looks like that but uh i was i hope everyone is the grinch coming down (laughs) the chimney but like just one leg is out you know because he kind of got stuck because he's a little tubby guy i hope that everyone is good and properly scared because this has been scared Scared history (gasps) um which, funny enough, we had already planned to do, and then somebody was requested. They're like, are you going to do they – didn't, they didn't do the pun name, but they're like, are you going to do, like, a scary stories one? Um, so just to recap some of the business from the beginning, like, come see us on November 7th in Naperville. We're going to be telling you the story of Butch, but it'll be different. I mean, the story will be the same, but, like, the bits will be different. Well, they <laughs> Maybe. Um, and come see Cass and I uh, at Laugh Out Loud uh, Chicago and Jane Bond. Um, donate to our Patreon. It's Arcade Audio's Patreon. You get a survey. You tell them you listen to us. And then uh, we get your love and also monetary support. Um, Cass still hasn't watched Balto. Um, that is in the official that's notes. That's in the official notes. As always, you uh, can offer questions, corrections, or suggestions at sharedhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also DM us. We might see it. Um, we, uh, we, have, we actually respond uh, yeah. to uh, direct messages and, and texts, which are mainly just from Natalie's teachers. Yep. Uh, at, uh, at Shared Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, that is where we post. We post photos in the show notes, but we post even more bonus content and photos and stuff on our Twitter and our Instagram. And also uh, we post stuff that's like also like Today in History stuff and interesting mm. things. So highly recommend it giving us a follow. We're also on YouTube now. So now it makes sense for Cass to say, for Cass and I to say smash the like and subscribe button. Um, I like it so much better when it didn't make sense. I know. Uh, Except you were the only one that said it's, that. I, right now it's just our trailer up there, but like, <laughs> you can find us and, and subscribe to us there. Um, just so you know, it, you're listening to this the week of Halloween. Uh, so have a safe and happy Halloween. I can't remember. I, you know what? I think this comes out after y'all probably did drunk Halloween. Halloween yeah. Um, I'm in Des Moines right now. Yeah. Ooh, we'll be when spooky. this comes out. Um, but this is episode 12 of Shared History. Just so you guys know, uh, season one's only going to be 16 episodes. So 
get them while they're hot. We'll, we'll wrap up. A, we'll take a little brief break and we'll okay. come back with season two. Yeah. So just so you know, so that you can mentally prepare yourself, your last episode from us will be right before the holidays. You're going to have to face your family without us. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, if you have, uh, so that being said, uh, if in those uh, questions, corrections, and suggestions, if you have something that you're dying to tell us about uh, or an idea for season two, or maybe you just wish that we had some references other than Nick Cage movies and musicals. Um, we won't take that advice. We won't take but... those suggestions. <laughs> no, but you can email email stuff like that to us uh, too. Um, or you can just like, you know, tell us that you love us. I would like that. Please. Rate and review. Uh, yeah, rate and review. Rate and review on... Uh, Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. Um, leave us a comment. Take screenshots of you listening to this. Share it with us. We'll repost it. Um, you're all beautiful, beautiful witches. I'm Cass. I'm Nat. Scare you later. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.